I'm Massimo Bottura. This is Amanda Cohen. This is David Kinch. This is Mike Anthony. This is Huni Kim. This is Amanda Freitag. This is Richard Blaze. This is Paul Kahn. This is Curtis Stein. This is Stephen Harris. This is Missy Robbins. And you're listening to Andrew Talks to Chefs. This is kind of that feeling that I get when you have way too many tickets. You know what I mean? And you got a line and you got people that are getting angry. It's kind of like that. That's how I, that's why I empathize so much with this moment because I'm like, oh my God, like the country is entering like a, a busy dinner rush <laughs> all together. And we, and we together have to somehow find a way to like get through it. The date is April 29th, 2020. And that is Jose Arroyo, our guest on this special report of Andrew Talks to Chefs. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is a special report of Andrew Talks to Chefs. I am your host, Andrew Friedman. As always, our great thanks to Sam Pellegrino for covering the production cost of these special reports. We wouldn't have been able to deliver them to you without them. Our guest today is Jose Arroyo, somebody longtime listeners will remember from his appearance on the show last year. More about Jose in just a moment. I do have two quick announcements to make. One is our friends at Valrona Chocolate have asked us to share that they have created something called the Cakewalk Map. It is an online resource where bakeries and other businesses that sell pastries and baked goods and whatnot that are practicing the current safety protocols that are required to be in business, wherever they may be, can register. And then customers can go online and find where local independent bakeries near them are still in operation. And part of the idea behind this is to help support all of you as things ramp up towards Mother's Day, which of course is a huge day of the year for sales in that part of the industry. So if you would like to register for that, I will list or feature the link on the episode description for today's show at andrewtalkstochefs.com. The link will also appear at Apple Podcasts. Also, tomorrow night, the 30th of April, I will be participating in an online conversation where I will be interviewing the great chef Huni Kim. Huni has the restaurants Hanjan and Donji in New York City. He's also uh, the guest on one of my favorite episodes of this show from early in our second season. And we're going to be discussing his cookbook, My Korea, which just recently came out. And if you would like to register for that class, it is free, uh, but you should go online and register. I do believe there is a limited number of spots available for audience members. Uh, KoreaSociety.org is where you would do that. And that is happening at 6.30 p.m. on Thursday night, April 30th. And I don't know if everyone can hear this noise, but I got to tell you, I'm having quite the morning. I had a terrible bout of insomnia last night. There's people doing yard work. really close to my house and my dog is now barking at all that noise. So I've, I've tried to do this intro three times today. I thought I caught a break. Um, but here we go again. Anyway, I, I can't wait anymore. This is, this is just how it is 
here in uh, lockdown land. So our guest today is Jose Arroyo. Jose is a wonderful guy who came on this show last year. You know, obviously this podcast, like most podcasts, is focused primarily on guests who will be familiar to the public. Jose is a representative of the much larger population of cooks and chefs out there. He is somebody uh, who sent me a note uh, probably in late 2018 and introduced himself, told me that he was retired military. Uh, he he works for a, a business uh, that's about 45 minutes from Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, he basically said to me, look, I represent most of the cooks out there in the world and I represent the type of restaurants where most Americans eat. And, you know, he's right about that. And we connected when I was in California. We had a wonderful interview. I will link to it on the episode page for today's show. But um, I wanted to check in with Jose and see how things were for him and his community and the and the two restaurants that he's a part of where he works. So we actually spoke a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't realize how much time had gone by and how long I'd been sitting on this interview, but it was maybe the second week or so of the shutdown and my sense of time is just totally warped. So, Jose, my apologies to you for taking this long to air it. I do think it's interesting for several reasons. Um, one is we were both still in this kind of state of shock that I think all of us were in in the early days of the lockdown. It's amazing how much I think we've all more or less adjusted, if we can call it that. Um, so I think the delay actually does provide a little interesting perspective in that regard. Uh, in the not so positive sense, I had not yet mastered doing remote recordings, so there the sound's not as good as I think it's been in the last couple of weeks. But it's fine; it's just not great. Also, there's a little background noise in Jose's home. They do have a, a baby in the house, so go easy on him for that. And I don't really think I need to say much more about it. This is, like I said, just a check-in with somebody operating outside one of the major markets, outside of a you know what we would call a brand name or a celebrity level restaurant. And I think it's, I think it's very interesting. So with that, here you go. My conversation with my buddy, Jose Arroyo. You're a friend of the show in the biggest way. Uh, you know, uh, you're you, not, a, you, you're not a, oh, please. You're not offended by me saying this. You are not a household name. No, <laughs> for sure. You are, you are not, you are not a celebrity chef or a, whatever you want to call it, a famous chef. We met because, uh, gosh, last year, maybe even the year before, although we ended up meeting last year, I had periodically put out a call and I said, you know, if you're just somebody who's out there in the world who works in restaurants, uh, who would like to be interviewed, you know, I'd like to show all, you know, parts of this industry on the show. And you wrote, reached out, you sent me a lovely note. Um, you gave me your whole background. You, you know, you told me about your parents and how you were retired military. Yeah, and then we had a great interview. People, a couple, couple of listeners loved it. I uh, heard from them, and and then you flew in for our second anniversary party, which to this day I did. Well, you invited me, and I was well, like, I invite, "Oof, yeah." Well, I invited all guests. You were you were a former guest, so you got invited. You know, to me, it was one of those like. Uh, check checklist things, you know, it's like go to New York one day. And it was like, hey, perfect opportunity to go to New York, <laughs> all out of the blue. And so I made it out there. Uh, but I had a great time. But I was only there for a very short period of time. So I definitely got to go back. Good. Well, next time you come, where you and I are going to have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, dinner somewhere. 
So tell people, tell people, you, tell people about the town where you are, and tell people about the. If if I'm remembering correctly, you I wouldn't go so far as to maybe call it a group, but you work for. Would we call it a? It's a. It's a mom a, and pop. A, a small a, mom and pop. Yeah, it's a mom and pop. But doesn't it have a sister operation as well? Like another. Uh, so it does. It's like um, so we have two restaurants. I actually got moved up. I used to manage the Upland location. And then I, well, okay. The restaurant's called Old World Deli. It's in uh, Upland, California. And then the flagship restaurant is in uh, Covina, California. Used to be West Covina. But the store itself has been up and running for about 50 years. I think they did 50 50 years last year. And um, so it's kind of like an institution in all honesty. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's great food. It's a good time. Uh, but yes, you, you're correct. There's we do catering, we do wedding. So it's really, I think you hit it the very first time. It's not really just a regular like deli, although it's like a delicatessen. Like we do have a deli attachment. We're really more fat, like a fast casual. You come in, you eat. It's a good time. And then we also have a catering side that I work and have a couple employees that will actually go and do weddings, funerals. I mean, whatever you want. It, it, we've done even just a small, you know. Uh, uh, at your house party, you know what I mean? We'll cater that. What's your new position? So I'm still a manager. I'm just a manager of the the flagship store. So, you know, now I have like 30 employees that are somewhere around. I don't know. I got to count them. But yeah, it's it's a, yeah. But I could work on both. I could, I could always go back and forth. I'm a little bit more mobile. Um, but it's nice. Are you cooking at all these days? Because of the times? Yeah, because we're stretched thin. I don't want to be cooking. I mean, I, I, I want to be cooking, but... Uh, my strength at the moment uh, is just with the customer and upfront and helping out. It's funny how I, 10 years ago, if you would have told me, Hey, you want to be front of the house? I'd have thought you were crazy. I was like never working in the front. I just want to be in the back, put my head down and get to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you went to, you went to cooking school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be dabbling back there. You did train for that. Yeah, I did train for that. So, um, but yeah, we, we definitely, I, I only cook whenever, so we we normally only have like two or three cooks at one time. And so if one of them is taking a break or whatever, I do jump in there if they need a hand. Um, but for the most part, they, they do an amazing job of just putting out high quality food and at a reasonable price, you know? So where are you in relation to Los Angeles to give people a sense? So uh, we're about, the Covina location is maybe 45 minutes, 40 minutes. It just depends. Right now, no traffic, man, you could get to LA in like 25, 30 minutes. Really? I mean? In what direction? What direction are you? East. We're kind of in the mountains. We're, it's like we're kind of squished between like Orange County and LA County and San Bernardino County and the, the Covina location. The Upland location is in San Bernardino County. This moment we're in right now, how is this hitting you and, and your colleagues? I mean, these are you. The note you sent me, the way we first met, was you sent me a note, and I don't know what kind of response you were expecting. I mean, I took it to heart, but the note said, you know, you you know, you do interview all these well-known people, but the overwhelming majority of people who work in restaurants are like you. And your colleagues, you know, in this country. And I think that is a, that is a fact. But tell me how it's hitting you guys. Pretty hard, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I, I like to make light of the situation, especially when I'm at work. Uh, I have a very light, lighthearted and I try to just be more. I feel like if you're going to be a manager, if you're going to come into work, you got to come in with like guns a blazing, be very positive and just 
enthusiastic, it's hard. It's it's hard at this moment in time. It's hard if you just sit down and think about it. You know what I mean? It's easy if you just live your day and, oh, well, nothing, you know, it doesn't really matter or whatever the case. If, you know, but now it's not, it's just not like that. It's like, if you really sit down and think about the implications of what's happening, we basically put ourselves, we just stopped doing work, right? So it's like, well, what's a recession? It's stopped. It's not working. So we're, that's exactly what we did. So it's hard for us, especially as a small business, we don't have a capital just sitting there. You know what I mean? It's more, we need people to walk into those doors, help us out, put some food on the table. You know what I mean? Like we really do. But you guys are doing takeaway, right? We are doing takeaway, which is a lovely thing. And it's really, really helped out to be honest with you, because without people, even if it's a small number, let's say it's a quarter of our numbers that we normally make. Um, it's something, you know what I mean? And we have a lot of just, obviously everyone's hourly, but people are helping out. So we're doing grocery items. We're doing like, we have a local bread guy that actually works in the city of Upland and he's, his name's Sal. He's amazing. Queens bakery bakes amazing bread. Um, and so we have a fresh supply of fresh bread that's coming in every day. Um, and believe it or not, people just take it off the shelves. I mean, we like probably tripled our deli sales because people just can't find just cold cuts. You know what I mean? Just sandwiches, just to make sandwiches. The people you talk to, the people you work with, the, you know, I mean, the area is in an increasing state of shutdown. Um, uh, let's say they decide you can't operate the restaurant anymore, even for takeaway. What would that mean to you and your colleagues? It'd be detrimental. It would It would absolutely be detrimental to to everyone. I mean, we have a bunch of guys that are just, I, okay, let's just say 95% of us, of, of my staff, would just have to go get another job somewhere or try, you know what I mean? Or do something else. They, we, they couldn't just not work, you know what I mean? We just don't have the capital to, oh, we're going to keep giving me a paycheck or whatever, even though we're not taking anything in, you know? The restaurant itself, um, we, own the, we own the building, so that's a really nice part about that. Um, so the restaurant would probably remain till maybe when this is all over, but you know, I'm not, I can't keep my staff. There's no way that's going to happen. Um, maybe some of them, you know, maybe they'll come back or whatever, but it's not just us. I mean, I just, so we, we are in a, a street called shoppers lane. Well, guess what? No one's shopping. Um, it has three different bars. One's a wine bar. One's like a regular cocktail bar. And the other one's like, just like a beer bar. Those are done. No one's there. They're done. Meaning you mean they're closed. They're closed right now. So all those employees that are, that we know that come in daily, one, we lost their business and two, they're out of a job. More importantly, they're out of a job for who knows how long, you know what I mean? What, like, where are we going to, what kind of a state are we going to get to where someone walks in and, and so we're like, oh, in order to keep bars open, we you could just get one person to drink a beer at one time and then they got to leave. <laughs> How drastic does this thing have to get? The more, if I really sit down and think of like, this could actually be uh, like a recession. You know what I mean? And I don't even listen to the news about it. I just think about it in my head. I'm like, dude, you cannot have all these jobs. They're saying what, 20% of the population might not work. They're being optimistic. I feel like they're being optimistic. I'm trying to be optimistic though. <laughs> every day i'm like no hopefully by next week it'll be all good that's i mean i listen we're friends now right can i say that are we friends 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's definitely. not going to be over next week. We're just getting, we're yeah, just no, getting definitely. warmed up. <laughs> I mean, it's hor It's horrible. <laughs> That's my problem. You know, and, That's and, why it's hard and, to be optimistic. And I mean, but I am, I, it kind of, it gives you, it gives me anxiety if I like, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. And I, and I don't think I'm alone. No. Does your military training give you any tools for coping with this kind of moment? I hate to say it, but I feel like the the both both the military and working in this industry. It's like I was just thinking about that earlier today as well. I said, "Whoa, I'm like I'm so happy that I'm always like stressing out that <laughs> that we're not going to make it, you know what I mean, or that we're like stretched too thin because this is like this is kind of that feeling that I get when you have way too many tickets. You know what I mean? And you got a line and you got people that are getting angry. It's kind of like that. That's how I, that's why I empathize so much with this moment. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like the country is entering like a, a busy dinner rush <laughs> all together. And we, and we together have to somehow find a way to like get through it. Like no matter, we don't have an option. We're going to have to get through it. Right. It's just how many of us still have a job at the end of this. Now that's an interesting analogy. Can we can we go with that? What would be the answer? Like if you compare this to that, how would you so let's say you do have an overcrowded board. How do you get through that? Well, in the restaurant, you put your head down and you just start cranking stuff out. You do whatever it takes to solve the problem. You know what I mean? No, I was actually just telling uh, uh I was telling my my really good friend on the phone earlier that I hadn't heard of uh from for like one or two weeks. And I just want to catch up. And I said, dude, I feel like this week has taken forever. Yes. Like that one last week, it was like, because we were taking in so much information every single day. It felt like I was back in like high school or something. You remember when you're in high school, high school, those four years feel like an eternity. It's because every day, all you're doing is just listening, 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 trying to like observe, you know, um, absorb the information. And so then that one week feels like a whole lot because that's all your your mind has been doing is just listening to information. You know what I mean? You talk to an older person, all they ever say is like, it goes by in a flash, you know? Oh, you better enjoy it while you can because it goes by fast. You never really hear young people say that. Somebody said to me once, the longer the longer you're alive, the less percentage of your life each year is. So that's why it seems like it's going by faster, right? Like when you're 10 years old, the year between 10 and 11 is 10% of your life, right? But in, in order to be optimistic, I will be optimistic about this. I feel like we do need to go out there and support the restaurants and, the, and whatever you can do. You know what I mean? I feel like it's, a, it's much better for you to you know, go out, continue living your life in like, you know, the best possible way you can trying to stay away from people, but still go and try to support the local restaurants. Cause we're going to be hurting pretty bad. Like I'm, we're not even really doing as bad as maybe I'm making it sound, but there's a lot of restaurants that are doing terrible. You know what I mean? Especially the Asian restaurants. That's what I like, even, even as a running joke in between people that I know, know better. Like I I posted this thing on my Instagram saying, Hey, come support your local businesses. There was a line out the door at In-N-Out. And I was like, why are you going to In-N-Out? Don't support them. Like go to this guy right here, this little Chinese place or what are your, whatever your favorite places. And, uh, then I got a comment. Someone's like, Oh, like jokingly, it's like, Oh, you're really trying to catch that coronavirus going there. And so I'm like, the ignorance to say that at a time like this, and I can be mad about it. But then it's like, I'm not really fixing the problem. You know what I mean? 
I rather just kind of like take a deep breath. It's like, okay, well we got to go like, then I got to do it. I got to go out there. This is what, this is exactly what managers do. We just go out there and whatever the problem is, we have to fix it. And I could only do so much. So we really need to ask the people that this is really a time for us to join together, band, you know, get, do what the military does, just hand, hand in hand and get after it. Cause we need to support these small businesses out there that the ones that are still open at least. And, um, keep them going because they don't have anything. They're all immigrants. You know what I mean? Like that Chinese place that I went to, all those, I mean, everyone there is an immigrant. And I, that's my family. That's my lineage. So what am I not going to support them? So you relate to that, even though you guys are, your backgrounds are from different continents. Yeah. I empathize for sure. You talk to them at all? Oh yeah. They're, uh, they're really good. Actually that, that Chinese place that I'm actually talking about, I, the first time I went there, it was like 2007 or 2006 when they had just opened. Oh wow. And I, I've known the the owner and his daughters. His daughters used to just sit at a booth and do their homework when they were like five or six years old. And now they're fully grown, you know, adults pretty much. Right, right, right. And it's like they're going to college and like graduating and stuff. And I'm like, dang. And they, now they work there part time. What's that? What's that family dealing with there? I mean, you just mentioned the face. You mentioned a Facebook comment, but they must be getting it right because I hear this all. I hear a lot of. Oh yeah. It's really shocking. I mean, this is the kind of thing I would expect like in the 19, you know, 40s, you know? And it's real, you know? It's like, oh, like like even in California, like, oh, here we are still. Like, we're just a little, we're like a little bit further forward, but like not as much as we thought. So then, then we still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, and again, California. I mean, I always think of California as like paradise, you know? So what do you hear from your the people you work with? Are they, are they, are, is there... Is there, is there fear? And what, what are people, what are people, what are people feeling? These people who are like one paycheck from a really bad situation. What are they, what are they feeling? Don't give me, no, no, no names, no specifics, but like, like, what are you hearing from people who stand them to lose the most? I mean, scared, you know, they, luckily they're young. You know what I mean? A lot of my employees, the, the ones that I'm, maybe not as worried about because they're young, they're smart after this, they're just going to like, also they don't, they already don't have a lot of money. You know what I mean? So this is just like <laughs> nothing, nothing, something just another day in paradise. Uh, and so I'm really a little bit more concerned with the full, our full-time staff. You know what I mean? Cause they're not as easy to retrain and to get them into another location. You know what I mean? Like they, I have an employee that has been with us for about 30 years. Like this is all she's done, you know, pretty much. So this is a cook. If we have to, she's a, she's my, she's one of my preps, prep cooks in the back. Yeah. She just comes in. She always, you know, does the soups, does this, um, all of our sauces, our meats. It's like, you always want it to taste the same. Well, you got to have the same person doing that all over and over again. So no one touches the, the, chicken salad, tuna salad, uh, a bunch of our soups that we make uh, daily. She's the one that makes it happen for us, you know? Um, so I'm more, I'm more scared for her because I know that she's, you know, and I, and I've talked and in talking from Monday to now, from last Monday, excuse me, from last Monday till now, it's like night and day, right? Last Monday we were still like, Oh, look, some places might shut down. It was almost playful. I think it's the speed that's been the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've said this many times. I think we're all in a state of shock. One of my employees also, he calls me. This is, I want to say Thursday. He said that his sister's got it. 
sister's got coronavirus. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, but she lives up north. Um, I can't remember the city. Um, and so that's when it got way more real for us. Cause it's like one of our employee, like, you know what I mean? We're like, we're like what one person away, you know, it's like here. And then today my wife, like my, my wife works for, uh, one of the prison systems here in, uh, in Chino, uh, the men's prison system, I think two guards have it. So it's in my, now it's like within miles, right? So it's just, it feels like it's just creeping. And once it gets into the prison system, it's, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, they have to touch each other. So that's maybe why I'm not as optimistic, although I am optimistic. I mean, I'm, I've chosen to be optimistic too. I think, it, you know, I think it's, I really think, and also, I mean, you've, you know, we've, we're both parents. My kids are much older, but I just think you need to project um, optimism. Yeah, you do. Because people feel it. People feel it if if one of one of uh, my employees, I looked in her eyes, okay, this couple days ago, and she looked like she was distressed. And all I said was, "Hey, are you okay?" Just like that, just like walking by very casually, like oh, maybe she's thinking about something or whatever. She says, "No, I'm not." immediately starts crying, couldn't hold it back, and just walks into the ba- bathroom. We had to let her go home. She speaks for all of us. All right, buddy. Well, you all right? I feel like I brought you down. Was this like a bad idea? No, no, Was no. this a bad idea? No, no, you're fine. I'm just laughing because I really did tell myself, like, I'm going to be optimistic today. I like, I just laugh. I'm Like I said, this is like literally my character. I'm just I, – I, I'm known to like – Always say the worst jokes at the worst possible times. I think that's a good. I think that's a good quality. If I'm if I'm if I'm ever with you when that happens, I will be. I will laugh. I will definitely laugh. I'm like the one annoying guy at at the funeral that's still trying to like make people laugh because it's like I cannot stand to see all these people sad. You know what I mean? I was like, we're all going that route, guys. Let's just have a good time about it. All right, Jose. Well, thank you for coming back on. Um, thank you for having me, man. I'm glad I, ooh, I also checked one of those. I'm like a returning guest. Like, yes. Yeah. You're one of the few now. Yeah. It's a very small group of people. All right, Jose, good luck out there and take care of yourself, please. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy it. And that's our show for today. Again, my thanks to Jose Arroyo for being our guest. And also, as I've mentioned earlier this week, I'd love if you please check out our Patreon page, which invites listeners to directly support this podcast. The address is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Andrew Talks to Chefs. And that also does appear on the episode page for this show at the Andrew Talks to Chefs dot com website, as well as on the Apple podcast details for this episode of the show. If you enjoyed this show, please explore our archives at andrewtalkstochefs.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe if you haven't already. That will put new episodes into your podcast queue as they are launched. That is free on all major podcast platforms. And please tell your friends about the show. Thanks to Wild Turkey Surprise for today's opening music and to After School Special for the music you are listening to right now. Please seek them out online and enjoy more of their music. Our thanks to our engineer, Margaret Kelly, for mixing these special reports. Our thanks to Sam Pellegrino 
for making these special reports possible. And thank you to all of you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take a breath. And we will all get through this together. See you tomorrow.